everyone, this is Katie. And this is Mark. And this is for such a time as this. Today we are taking on a topic that someone actually requested, and we were really excited to have a listener request this topic. And it's a question that we have all asked, I think, just how can I help? How can I help someone who is in the midst of mental illness, in depression or in anxiety? How can I help someone who is suffering? Just that question that, you know, it's almost kind of the first question that comes to mind when we hear about someone's hardships. How can I help? So we're going to we're gonna tackle that one today. And I think this is such a good question because we get intimidated, especially with like overwhelming life changes, depression, and we think, you know, well, we don't have any special training. We don't, um, you know, have any degrees. So like... Can we really help that much? And, and it, this kind of goes hand in hand with our podcast on do I need counseling? And so um, that's kind of something that we might refer to a little bit later. But I think the biggest thing is to not be afraid to accompany people in their suffering mm-hmm. in what they're going through. You know what um, you said just reminded me of in in the Adam Young podcast. Um, the place we find the ourselves. The place we find ourselves. Thank yeah. you. Um, he talks in one of his earliest podcasts, he talks about the things that kids need from their parents. And one of the things is is that their parents are able to take their big emotions. Yeah. You know, and I just think, I think that's part of it is just being able to sit with someone's big emotions. Definitely. That they're having. And part of that. So we'll probably get into that a little bit more later, but that just made me think of that. I think one of the things that we wanted to start with was just the fact that we need help. And I think we are such an independent culture. Mm -hmm. There's so much pride in doing things on your own, doing things yourself, that we don't reach out for help. And that's Mm -hmm. not the way we're made to live at all. We're made for community. We're made for help. And we're made for other people's gifts. We're made to be able to admit that I don't have the gifts that other people have. And, you know, other people bring different things to the table and different light to my life that I can't have on my own. Mm, yeah. And I, I'm reminded there was a self-help book, like, in the 80s that came out, I think. And it was called I'm Okay, You're Okay. And I've heard a few homilies preached on where they mention it. And they're just like we're not okay. And that's, a. <laughs> it's all right to say that. Like GK Chesterton said, you know, we're all in the same boat and we're all seasick. <laughs> and it's just something like we need to acknowledge that because the more that we avoid it and we think we can kind of, especially as a man, that we can be that John Wayne figure just on our own and just suck it up and get through it. You know, the more we realize our limitations that we need other people. So really, kind of the first step in learning how we can help other people is learning ourselves how to ask for help. Right. We all need to really grow in the skill of asking for help. We need to be able to admit when we need help. We need to be able to um, admit when we need a meal, when we need someone to help clean our house. I remember when I was pregnant with Dominic, I think. Um, this is funny because 
my niece was also pregnant and she and we were we were due right at the same time and her son is just a couple days older than Dominic and I was feeling very overwhelmed with um, just everything that comes with having a baby and nesting and we'd only been in our house for like a year and so I hadn't there were a lot of big cleaning things that I had not done ever in our house yet like cleaning behind the fridge and stuff like that mm. and I was just like I I felt this need to do it but I just knew that it, it, the whole idea of it just completely overwhelmed me and so I mm. asked my oldest sister I just was like would you just come to my house and help me clean it someday because asking for help and just knowing that someone else would be there even if I had to do the work too knowing someone else would help me out with it was so much better and um and I laughed because my niece who was just as pregnant as I was was coming and scrubbing my floors and, <laughs> <laughs> and everything but it was so good and I was like this is your baby present to me because I just this is what I needed and yeah. it was so nice to know that like the floor as silly as it sounds the floor under my fridge is clean <laughs> i don't have to pull off the fridge for a while with a newborn or whatever um you know the, the tops of the cabinets are clean just things like that but, Damn. so i so that was just for me that was a moment of grace of like this is something that's overwhelming me right now i can ask for help and i can ask for help with people i mean you know some people really love to clean yeah they're crazy but they do well, and that reminds me, I think you were telling me a while back about an experiment somebody did where they just, they took the opportunity to ask for things, no matter what it was, like it was like free stuff or, you know, just things that they ordinarily wouldn't ask for. And it was pretty surprising, like just kind of this casual study they did of like how willing people were to help out. And so hopefully this podcast, you know, I'm sure a lot of our listeners want to help people but they're just not sure where to start and so again that's a good place to start by starting to kind of make that environment of allowing other people to know hey you can ask for help and i think part of that too um in the book i'm reading about emotional maturity and, and spiritual maturity um, by peter scazzaro mm -hmm. uh, we'll, we'll link to it in the show notes but it's called emotionally healthy spirituality there you go. We'll link to it still though, right? Yeah, okay, yeah. perfect. So what he talks about is part of being a Christian is following in Jesus's footsteps and being able to have difficult conversations and not shrink from them. You know, we misinterpret blessed are the peacemakers in, you know, in believing that if we don't say anything, that's being a peacemaker, but really being known and sharing what is bothering us and having those hard conversations. I mean, that's a large part of what Jesus did, bringing the truth to light. And so with that, like if we can have hard conversations that involve our emotions, that involve vulnerability and what we're feeling and what we're noticing in our relationships, I feel like that is another aspect of, of cultivating that environment where it's okay. And just, you know, modeling that and you you were gonna you were talking to me about january donovan and oh. kind of having a script so to speak mm -hmm. can you tell me more about that yeah january donovan who is the founder of um the woman's school she has a podcast too um she talks a lot about using scripts which sounds very like 
Forced? Forced, yeah, yeah. And the word script is just kind of like, oh, that doesn't mean I have any authentic conversation. And that's not what that means. What she's saying is, you know, in certain situations, we need to be able to know, have the right words to say what we truly mean. And sometimes our emotions come up and we get flustered and we don't. But if we have it in our mind and we know what we want to say in a certain situation, we can have, if we practice that or if we even just kind of write down a plan, we can express ourselves. So in one of the ways is learning how how to express our emotions. I remember reading um, a Brene Brown quote that was, you know, when we're in the midst of of a bad feeling, she said, she says, I am feeling whatever it is. Mm. And the story I am making up is so like, I'm feeling resentment. And the story I'm making up is you don't notice all that I do, or Mm. you don't care, or, you know, so just that learning, having those little things in mind to help you express your feelings and teaching our kids that, Mm -hmm. teaching them to ask for help, teaching them how to express their feelings. It's all so important for that emotionally healthy spirituality, emotionally healthy living. So one of the things I want to highlight is just using those I feel statements Mm -hmm. and allowing it to be a conversation where you're sharing yourself, but it's not an indictment on the other person. Like, you should have known or you should have noticed that I haven't been okay and I I need your help, you know, and and just having that be you journeying out and sharing what is going on in your life and then meeting you there. Mm -hmm. So what are some ways that we can help? Okay, so I think just maintaining relationships. So, you know, if you do notice that somebody is pulling back, um, is just not themselves recently, like maybe just reaching out to them, checking in on them, inviting them to things to kind of rekindle that relationship. And I guess just having that be an opportunity to connect again, to to build this relationship. Mm -hmm. And then just having those, those meetings be a place where they can kind of feel safe to share. Yeah, going back to what you said about being vulnerable yourself right, and expressing your own feelings so that they realize that this is a safe place mm-hmm. to express their own. And part of that, I mean, I think checking in regularly, like not necessarily making it a task that you have to do, but just keeping somebody in mind because especially, you know, a lot of people feel isolated and they feel like nobody cares. And that's a big hurdle to being vulnerable and sharing. They think, you know, well... If growing up, my family didn't want to hear my problems and I don't have a lot of friends that will listen to me, you know, they just keep things to themselves. And so they need somebody to express some interest in in doing that. It's funny because as I'm saying that, I'm thinking of certain people that I need to reach out to and text or call and just kind of check in on and say, hey, how's it going? Are you doing okay? Mm -hmm. I noticed you've been dealing with a lot lately. Mm -hmm. And I think too, part of that is learning silence in a friendship Mm. because I don't know. It's something that I found in Bible studies and things too. I am that person that wants, that wants to fill the silence. Mm. And so, um, it is. And I love to fix things and offer suggestions. Like, have you tried this? I am too. I am a fixer and I'm sorry to all my friends out there who hate that I try to fix. And I'm sorry to all my clients (laughs) out there who I try (laughs) 
<laughs> it's your job. They pay you to fix them. I know, but <laughs> the silence can be powerful and it yeah. can let... I just think about like sometimes the silence shows that you understand the weight of what they've just shared. Mm. And it's it makes it sacred. Almost mm. like when you go to adoration, it's just silence. Mm -hmm. Because what you're paying attention to is so powerful. Mm -hmm. But I think you had more to say. Oh, I was just going to say with the silence, just that it encourages people to talk in the sense like right. you know instead of just jumping into the silence with something or changing the subject like maybe your silence can be an invitation for them to go mm -hmm. deeper and so it's good it's it's okay to sit in silence for a little bit it's like it's okay for things to be a little bit awkward you know yeah i remember in college <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about like interactions with incoming French freshmen and like encouraging them to, to you know make friends and stuff and they would always say eternity is worth the awkwardness and so <laughs> so it's kind of like that eternity yeah. or your friendship whatever it is right. this person's soul this person's life is worth the awkwardness and we've been talking a lot lately and this might be a future podcast about desires that God places on our hearts it kind of ties into the dreams podcast that we did but I think if you have an inclination on your heart, like a movement to reach out to somebody, there's something special about that, you know, that God's calling mm -hmm. you. And so it, it needs to be yes. followed up on and acted yes. on. Yeah. Um, a talk that someone did at MOPS a year or two ago that really something that, that stuck with me that she said was, you know, kindness is, is doing doing that thing that comes to your mind you're like just mm, do it just yeah. do the nice thing that you know that you're inspired we, to we do question ourselves so much we're like oh you know what will they think oh well they you know they won't really want that because blah 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 or they or you they'll, know, they'll think i'm meddling or or yeah that i don't think they can take care of their family or if i yeah, cook them a meal yeah, yeah. and 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 most and people aren't going to wait and ask, yeah, or they're not going to ask. So for don't. me, that comes up a lot with like those the little inspirations to text somebody, mm -hmm. like, oh, I should reach out to that person and just see how they're doing. Um, or and, bring and somebody flowers. That, yeah, or, or yeah, bring. I have um, some zinnias. Uh, this is on the side of our house. I planted a bunch of zinnias. There's some pretty flowers. I like them, <laughs> and so but they're very prolific prolific and so I cut them um you know once a week and get a good size amount of flowers and I was looking at this huge bouquet on our table and I was like half of these flowers you can't even see because they're packed in there and I was like I just need to give Sham. these to people and so um today I brought some to a little old lady at church who um, had had some knee, had knee surgery, and just like knowing, you know, she's not feeling well, and this is a way to bring light to her, and mm -hmm. and the, just those little things where it's like, well, you know, it's little, it's not, is it, it's not big enough, or it's not enough. Like just do the do the mm. kind thing, just do do the little kind thing, do the big kind thing, just do the kind thing. Right. Yeah. And I I think. One thing that I wanted to kind of throw in, and we've talked about kind of making that space for having conversations about emotions, how you're feeling. Like, I think it's okay to ask about mental health, like directly. If you feel like there's something there, if you're noticing something, it's okay to say, how are you feeling? And you'll probably get a, oh, I'm fine, or I'm good, you know. Mm -hmm. 
and be like, are you, are you doing okay? Like, and I think part of it too, like in thinking about what people might say to kind of deflect, mm -hmm. it's okay to kind of come back to what you're seeing and just not, not necessarily like try and corner them, but just kind of say, you know, I've noticed that I haven't seen you at this group as much, mm -hmm. or I haven't, you know, been able to talk to you as much. Um, I just want to make sure you're feeling okay. You're not feeling overwhelmed with everything. You know, maybe right now somebody's overwhelmed with school and making the right decision about that. You never know. You never know. Or I think, you know, there's a parallel between noticing mental health and those times like I'm amazed at how quickly meal trains in our church community and the different groups you're part of like get put together when somebody has a baby or you know, there's a hardship in the family, like a medical situation with the husband or, or wife. And just when somebody's overwhelmed by an emotional, impactful event, like how quickly people can come to their aid. And that's just, it's beautiful. And I think it's a, there's a parallel to that in when you're seeing somebody struggle with mental health and just being able to mobilize and, and reach out and just kind of say, hey, I can kind of tell you're struggling. Like, what can I do for you? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I go back to that um, Henry Nowen quote, which I know I've shared before, but just that intimacy is the fruit of shared brokenness. Mm. And just that, you know, sharing our brokenness, that's how friendships are built. That's how relationships and intimacy are, are built. Mm. And so being willing to share your own brokenness and inviting them to be able to be a safe space for them to share their brokenness. Mm -hmm. And I th feel like, and I don't remember exactly where I heard this. I think it was on the Place We Find Ourselves podcast. Again, um, somebody had said just how healing it is to be in a place where you can tell your story without judgment mm -hmm. and have that space yeah. to share. And so just letting someone just talk about their pain talk right. about what they're going through talk about their frustrations like it can be healing just to vocalize it it's a once again mm -hmm. how powerful it is just to give voice to what we're feeling right definitely so one of the things that we kind of talked about is how um we want our help of another person to be empowering but not enabling do you want to touch on that a little bit yeah so a lot of times with um, families that I work with, I notice that there kind of seems to be a crossover into enabling where they don't want to overwhelm somebody. But what happens is there's just too many concessions made. And so I'm thinking sometimes like with teens where, you know, hygiene gets missed, um, maybe school expectations are lowered and, and they stop attending school, things like that, where it's like, there still needs to be kind of expectations and standards and you can help alleviate some of the extra like clutter and burdens like we've been talking about. So like helping others clean meals, um, encouraging them to get help, things like that. But you don't want to do everything for them, so to speak. Um, and I think that kind of goes back to our conversation about when do you need counseling? It's like if you're doing a lot of the heavy lifting in one particular person's life, and you're kind of their their life support and, and propping them up a lot, that's a signal that they need something more. And so being able to, 
and I come in and maybe help in certain areas of their life every once in a while as a means to say, I'm here with you. I'm, I'm with you in this and willing to help, but I can't shoulder this for you because they're not going to get out of it. They're not going to know that they have enough strength to get out of it if just the basic needs of their life are taken care of by someone else. I also felt like just that that phrase was just a good thing to kind of keep in mind. It's just empowering, yeah. but not enabling. You know, coming in and saying, you can get through this. Right. And helping in whatever little ways. Sure. But not just, you know, taking over or... Yeah. And I, I feel like especially this is something... Um, this might be a whole nother episode that we do, but I've been um, looking at polyvagal theory and the autonomic ladder. And just like we have survival responses through our neural network and it's kind of a, a top down, the, the best survival response we have is in the ventral vagal. And that's when we feel connected to other people and in community with them. We feel safe, secure, things are good, but not perfect. And it's one of those things where what keeps us there is being around people, being in nature. And we, we have different levels, but the bottom is called the dorsal vagal. And that's where we, we kind of have that shutdown mode where we're overwhelmed. And we just kind of, a lot of times people with depression and those symptoms where they're feeling heavy, burdened, overwhelmed, they don't have any energy, that's where they are. And so I'm thinking about this conceptualization and I'm thinking, you know, one of the things that we have in our show notes that we haven't mentioned yet is, you know, inviting somebody to go for a walk, to go um, for a walk with you to talk about what's going on in their life. And so that hits on so many different things because it gets them out in nature. It gets them moving, which kind of is a way to move them uh, towards that top of the ladder because a lot of times, you know, you don't have that energy but it's it's possible to start kind of getting your body in motion and, and moving, being around people. And so there's so many different aspects that that hits on. So any way that you can introduce um, people to, you know, yourself and other individuals to beauty and art, nature, and get them outside of that themselves into the bigger world is very important, I think. And didn't you say, like, the, the taking someone on a walk is such a good example because I feel like when you go on a walk with someone one-on-one, -on -one, it's so easy to converse. Right. It's so much easier sometimes than, like, sitting face-to-face -face at a table. Oh, yeah. And I just think, um, didn't you say um, that there's some kind of uh, walking therapy or whatever? Yeah, it's like, it's like a walk-and-talk therapy that they do, like, in bigger cities sometimes, like New York, where if it's a, you know, busy businessman they might, business person, sorry, they might just kind of walk around near their office and do therapy on the streets with a therapist on their lunch break. And it's becoming kind of more common. It's it's an option af after COVID, post-COVID, where, you know, you could find a beautiful trail and walk around. I've done it, um, you know, when I worked in schools, we would walk around outside and talk sometimes with the teens and just to get them outside and breathing some fresh air. And a lot of times, like you were saying, like it's easier to kind of be looking off into the distance and hearing the other person and being with them, but not looking straight at them eye to eye. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So 
if a person doesn't want to be helped. Yeah. I think that's kind of the the final kind of big thing to the big boulder to move. You know, what if right. someone you can tell that there is something's not right. You can tell that they have been maybe isolating themselves more and more, or maybe they're just, you know, snapping more and more or whatever. But, and, and you've, and you've tried to kind of get them to open up, like, what are some things you think, um, help would help someone who doesn't want to be helped? I think what's the biggest thing is like, you can't force them to open up. You know, it's kind of like a flower that needs to bud on its own time and open when it's ready. And so going back to what we've covered so far is just having that space, modeling, being vulnerable, having that environment of it's okay to talk about our emotions, our mental health, you know, what's bothering us and have those deeper conversations. Like I'm, I'm not just a fair weather friend who's just here to talk about sports and, you know, the fun things in your life. But then also, um, again, if if it does get to the point where it's something that you're concerned about, just sitting down and being honest with them and what you're seeing and, you know, continuing to check in on them, invite them to things and just know, let them know that I'm here when you're ready to talk. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And just maybe knowing you're concerned could be mm -hmm. part of that. Um, the I think that almost could go back to the script idea too because kind of practicing that yeah. I've noticed this or I can see I see you and I see that you seem really overwhelmed right now yeah. or it work's been very been difficult very lately, lately mm -hmm. or you know you haven't like you said earlier you haven't been coming to such and such event lately or yeah whatever so maybe even just practicing that on your own so mm -hmm. you, i think as you get those words more in your head you kind of gather the courage to actually speak them yeah <laughs> and i mean person. sometimes it's just as simple as saying you know i've noticed you've been feeling really overwhelmed lately do you want to talk about it mm -hmm. do you, would it help you to you know share some of what you've been carrying around mm -hmm. i'm here for you you know just something simple basic like that mm-hmm so I think yeah. those are the main points we wanted to hit on. Again, if you do have any topics that you think would be good for the podcast that you'd like to hear us discuss, please let us know. Yeah, we actually have an email address and it's in the show notes. So you can or like in our episode notes when you scroll down, you can find it. And it's just for such a time as this podcast at gmail.com. So it's pretty easy. Easy to remember. <laughs> and you have a question for me oh, yeah. today, I well, think. Well, before I ask this question, can I just ask you? Yeah. What do you think? Like, you may have mentioned this before, but what do you think is the most helpful thing for you as far as with your oh. mental health? Okay. So for me, I think part of it is that empowering but not enabling because mm -hmm. I think sometimes um, you're very attentive to my needs and that's wonderful. But then, um, you know, I think sometimes you remember how I've struggled in the past mm -hmm. and you, you know, want to make sure like it's not a stressful environment at home. But sometimes that kind of makes me feel like, you know, 
I'm not strong enough to get through this. I'm not able to do this. Like I need to be coddled and, and babied a little bit. And so kind of, I think just having that balance of you being able to ask for help when you feel overwhelmed and communicating is good for me to see. And sometimes like giving me responsibilities of like, hey, can you watch the kids while I go do this? That's a good thing for me to know that I can I can do to help out. And just encouraging me like when I when I start pulling back from the world and I'm not, you know, going to men's group or I'm not, you know, reaching out to other people or exercising, just kind of giving me that gentle nudge, not an egg, but like that <laughs> encouragement of, hey, why don't you, you know, go for a walk? Why don't you take some time for yourself? And just giving me permission to do that, especially if, if you're in a family, because I think a lot of times there's that guilt of, well, I'm going to be, especially if you're the one with mental health, like, I'm going to be taking and taking and taking. So just being, having a good conversation about this is what I need. Is this something that, you know, we can work out and, and I can get, and I think I should be okay. Mm-hmm. What are some ways I can help you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a really good point. Cause something that I've noticed about me is when I try to take on too much of the burden, mm-hmm. when I try to do the, either the enabling or just like take on the burden of your mental health as though it's my own. I get, I get very overwhelmed. Then we have two people with mental health. <laughs> I get overwhelmed and yeah. anxious. And so, um, yeah, that's a good point. And just making sure you're not bearing their burden for them. But yeah. that you're, 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 you're not, you know, you're helping. I just need you to walk with me. I don't need you to carry it for me. Yeah. Because yeah. I guess what I, what I would say to sum it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that's a good question. And I mean, sometimes when, you know, you just need some good comfort food, some macaroni and cheese, something like that. <laughs> Get those basic needs met. And just feel loved and at home, you know, comfortable yeah. and safe. Yeah. Okay. So what's your question? Okay. I was very so tempted to look at it when I was our, on the counter. Our, Gary our chat. Conversation starters. Yeah. What is your favorite scene from your favorite movie? Oh, goodness. This is so hard. I know. Because I have to pick my favorite movie first. Maybe just your favorite scene from any movie. It doesn't have to be your favorite movie. It's a uh, movie. Do you have one in mind? I because think of I honestly... Um, I could do the other side. No, that's okay. That's okay. I'll come up with something. I feel like... Um, so for a very long time, my favorite movie was... Um, You've got mail. Mm. And so there's certain things, you know, certain quotable things from that that I like. But I think um, one of the things that I feel like we quote a lot is in While You Were Sleeping when um, Sandra Bullock and Bill Pullman, apparently we watch a lot of 90s rom-coms. But there's this part where he's like, oh, he was kind of leaning. <laughs> you know, leaning. Leaning. So there's this whole little, it's just kind of cute. And yeah. The, the scuzzy, scuzzy guy is kind of like, hey, you all right? And he's kind of leaning. Mm-hmm. It's cute. I don't know. So this is very random. But I really like, so growing up, this is more, I guess, 80s, but my dad liked action movies. And so there was an... Arnold Schwarzenegger movie called Predator. And there's an opening scene where they are army commandos going like deep into enemy territory to get this team that nobody's heard from and has been cut off. 
and they're flying in choppers and they're playing Long Tall Sally by Little Richard. Mm. And it's just kind of a cool scene where like they're in the dark and they're, you know, kind of preparing their guns and just being cool, spitting their chewing tobacco. <laughs> and just I'm, that makes me want to fly in a helicopter someday. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, I did think of a really cool one recently in yeah. the the last Avengers one, where they're fighting and everybody comes back. Like oh, that is a good one. Circles open up and all the characters. Uh, spoiler that alert! If you haven't seen, oh, it. sorry about that. <laughs> it's old enough. I know, I know. Want to see it. I've seen it. Quarantine Disney Plus, like you've seen it, right? Yeah. So yeah, that is that's, a cool. That's pretty cool. There are yeah, there are so many like Marvel movies. Um, that I feel like we've watched in theaters where people just start cheering. And those are like when Captain America in the same movie picks up Thor's hammer. He's worthy to yeah. wield Thor's hammer. And Thor goes, I knew it. And everybody cheered because yeah. Captain America's yeah. a good guy. Those kind of moments that give you chills. You're like, whoa. Whoa, that was awesome. <laughs> I'm just a big kid. I hope I hope that's not a surprise to yeah. too many people. Yeah. Um, okay, so should I close this in person? Yeah. Right. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. God, we thank you for allowing us to help others and to rely on others for help. We ask that we may build up your people in the body of Christ, and we may not be afraid to stand with those in the midst of suffering, doing small acts of kindness with great love, and following the desires to make this world, this valley of tears at times, a beautiful garden of life. We entrust uh, all those suffering, lonely, um, suffering with mental health and physical illness, for those who are dying, to your care. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Thank you, guys. And don't forget to email us or, you know, text us if you have our numbers. <laughs> if you have any ideas. If you have any ideas for podcasts. All right. Take care. Be safe. And we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.